Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So Saban spoke. This is the Rich Eisen Show. To the media yesterday. I didn't really say that anybody did anything wrong. Is Jimbo lying? Oh, I have no problem with Jimbo at all. The Rich Eisen Show. He said he bought their players. Saban said some sort of national leveling of the playing field on NIL. Today's guests, veteran NBA reporter Mark Stein, NBA on TNT analyst Kenny Smith, from HBO's Barry, actor Bill Hader, plus your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eyes. Yes, it is. Yes, that is correct. And on TV now, you can confirm it with your own eyes right here on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM 85. Hello to the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio outlets across the country. One big happy family with our friends at Odyssey who are streaming us coast to coast and around the world. We say hello to our YouTube viewers, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for those who catch us when we're not on the air. Same thing for you podcast listeners and especially you subscribers. We appreciate you hitting that uh, subscribe button, adding yourself to the old RSS feed for the Rich Eisen Show podcast, all three hours on the Cumulus Podcast Network. Um, it's a good day in our neighborhood. Second day of June. Good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman. Rich, I saw Top Gun yesterday, and I'm quitting the show because I got to fulfill my dream as a naval aviator. I understand that, sir. Just be careful when you uh, when you fly into the danger zone. Jeez. Good to see you over there. Uh, Jay Felly is hey. in the mix today. Hey. Good to see you, uh, Jay Felly. Uh, T.J. Jefferson's lighting the candle. Light that candle, sir. Yeah, I didn't see Top Gun yesterday, Rich, but I did see AEW. And oh, you did? That's right. The, you went there last night. Some of boys the acclaimed. And I got to tell you, parking... At SoFi, oh my it's god, sixty bucks, man! I don't think my ticket costs that much. Oh my god! Can we <laughs> talk? Oh my god! What? Like what is? Like what? Not not since uh, not since Clay Travis bitched about somebody who umpired oh and ejected him from his son's little league game. Has this there been guy. more of an abuse of an airway for a personal uh, issue that nobody else knew about or cared about? Well done. Sixty dollar parking. That was nice. That's ridiculous. All right. Well, good to see you here. I'm so. happy to be here. <laughs> Glad you're here. Uh, where parking is free. Uh, Rich Eisen show. That is true. I okay. didn't have to pay. Parking is free. Uh, yeah, at least you got a, that. That's a fact. I don't, char- I don't charge you for parking for coming to work. No, but you did charge me for this water, so that's the weird thing. Oh, that's, weird. that's, wow, that's, that's very strange. Up. But it is room temperature, as you like it. That's in your rider. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. Uh, the NBA Finals are tonight. Let's, NBA oh, Finals hey, are hey, tonight. Yes. Basketball oh. tonight. Game one. Warriors, my Warriors, against the Boston <laughs> oh, Celtics. This is today's the last day, okay. the last day in which me saying my Warriors won't begin to grate horribly on Chris Brockman. It's beginning. It's gonna like right now. It's kind of fun. It's you kind think, of funny. You think until today's the, Warriors, the last day? Uh, no, no. Until the Warriors oh. start drawing blood from his Celtics, then it's not gonna be funny anymore. When I've got my Warriors. Just imagine if I come on the air on Monday and the uh, my Warriors are up 2-0 on his Celtics. How do you think oh, he's going to handle that one? Not I'd well. say suddenly like your Warriors. Well, I did choose them to win. I did, I had I, prior to the season, I chose the the Warriors over the Nets. Is what I said. You did. You actually called that man. Warriors over Nets was my choice in the NBA Finals that begin tonight oh, here on June the second. In I guess you did say that San Francisco and Golden State. Um, didn't see the Celtics coming. Neither did the Celtics <laughs> or the Celtics fans. No. And certainly not as the calendar turned uh, to Jan 1 when yeah. things were uh, chock full of mediocrity and team meetings. And uh, look at them now. Look at them now bringing a particularly rough style, rough and tumble style of defense with some three-point shooting. If they can hit their, their threes and play defense the way that they have, Celtics can win the series. Absolutely. Celtics can win the series, and certainly since, and this is the thing I love about this matchup, I, I, I don't know how many in a row it is, but the, Celt- the, the Warriors have won at least one road game 
in a playoff series uh, in the Curry era. Uh, I, I think it goes back a couple of postseasons, actually. Yeah. Where they've taken at least a piece of their opponent on their court. And the Celtics are 7-2 and two on the road in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you got teams that perform better in somebody else's building or perform can perform well in somebody else's building. I, I would profit to say the Celtics perform better in somebody else's building than they have in their own building in these playoffs. So game one's tonight. And Celtics have struggled in game one. They have. This whole postseason. They have indeed. They've started slow and they're like, okay, we'll still, we'll still take game two or we'll still uh, uh, plant the flag when we go back to the parquet. So I can't wait to see it tonight. Can the Celtics disrupt the Warriors in the same way let's, or, or in, in as efficient a way or as significant a way as uh, Memphis did? Because that, that was a team that really gave Golden State fits. Obviously, it, it, it didn't help Golden State that their coach, Steve Kerr, was out with COVID. But he's back, and let's roll. Let's roll. Let's see how it goes. Very excited about this. We've got two guests to talk about it. We've got Mark Stein, uh, the old gray lady, New York Times and uh, Hall of Fame writer. He's got his own Substack, the Stein line that you should all check out. It was on that Stein line that I read the uh, report that Darvin Ham, new coach of the Lakers, took the gig with assurances he could choose his staff, unlike Frank Vogel, hmm. and that... Uh, Kurt Rambus of the the Rambi here in this town won't have uh, easy access to coaches meetings. So there's that. And then Kenny the Jet Smith of the NBA on TNT, but also in the new Netflix film Hustle that is starring Adam Sandler and co-produced by the stellar team of LeBron and Mav Carter. You mean newly minted billionaire LeBron? James? That's correct, right? How about that? He cr- he crossed the one billion uh, earnings threshold. Yep. Correct? Amazing. Well, how about that? Not bad for a kid from uh, from Akron. I've heard he's from Akron. Yeah, yeah. and so um, uh, Adam Sandler is in this film. He plays a seventy sixer scout who finds uh, the next new great thing over in Spain, played by Utah Jazz player Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's on our show tomorrow. Um, And interestingly enough, TJ, Mm -hmm. um, the Sixers don't listen to him and make the wrong move. Uh, Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the most shocking thing I've heard. And so. Sixer front office making a mistake. Yeah. So there's that. Man. And Kenny the Jet Smith plays an agent (laughs) in this film. And so he will be joining us in hour number two to talk about it. Bill Hader, the. The brilliant Bill Hader, who knows, by the way, uh, about acting with LeBron James back in the uh, day in Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Uh, season three of Barry is dark, dark, dark. We had Stephen Root on the show the other day to talk about it, and Bill Hader will be on this program in hour number three as Barry is in season three, and things are not going well for Barry <laughs> not, at not all. Going great. And it's a great show. Henry Winkler is on this program, is on the show hey. in studio next week. So we'll be all over it. We got Stephen Root, Hader today, and uh, Henry Winkler next week. And uh, Bill Hader will be joining us in hour number three of this Love program. It. Love it. So uh, before you went to go see Top Gun Maverick, Chris, you popped on, I'm sure, the Turner family of I networks. Was. I was. And watched four of the best quarterbacks in the NFL Man. commit golf I mean, uh, on I, occasion. Uh, but once again, once again, once again, once <laughs> again, the man who saved the bacon and won the day, Aaron Rodgers. He plays well in these matches, man. He's a very good golfer, he, man. I mean, he can make some putts. He well, he he not just made the winning putt yesterday. He made the winning putt from the spot where he put his own tee shot off of the par three twelfth with the waterfall yeah. and the green. You know. And the tee tucked in the back left corner yeah, of the green. It's a pretty hole. And he just threw a dart to the left of the hole in the very small landing area. And, um, you know, bless Brady. Brady Brady didn't put it there and then used his mulligan and got got wet on his mulligan. 
And um, so Rodgers will just use his. And then Brady showed him the line, and then Rodgers uh, walked it off. Although Josh Allen nearly drained one from about 60 feet away, um, which would have forced Rodgers to have to make it to force a closest-to-the-pin playoff on 12. And uh, that also would have caused Barkley to take off his shirt and dive into the waterfall <laughs> because that's what J.J. Watt, who is terrific he was really on good. the action, he was really good. told Barkley, he's like, if he makes this, you got to dive into the And Barkley's like, I'll dive into the waterfall. I mean, that close to seeing that. And it's just a lot of fun. A Patrick Mahomes um, just pounding the Coors Lights. The swing oil um, was just wonderful to watch him. And it was just, again, just great. He he had some terrific Mm -hmm. uh, stretch of golf yesterday. A nice nice stretch of golf yesterday. And it's just the thing I love about this, the the match and this endeavor. And certainly if you get the right mix of players in it, you're just hanging in the day with these four guys. You're just watching them hang out together. You're eavesdropping in on a round of golf with four guys whose game you recognize from the NFL and you uh, respect from the NFL and then watching them be mortal and also bust each other's stones and have a good time and drink in the cart like, you know, Mahomes did. Um, It was great. I I really enjoyed spending three and a half, four hours with them, although it was a – the pace was grinding. Certainly, when you're not you're not hitting your own ball half the time. If and I was I, playing behind them, I'd have oh, gotten a little upset. And on the very first one, you know, Tom Brady's like driving up and down the fairway. He's like icing his own teammate. You know, dropping f bombs. <laughs> it's just fun to hang out. And then it's just fun to hang. Just the latest example again of why Brady will be successful calling the, the only questions 100%. you have about him calling the action for Fox one day is can he be critical of others? Will he be critical? It's not can he. Will he be critical of others? Because it's very difficult when you've played a sport and you've played with all these teammates and you feel that criticism can be taken as disrespect when if you, you, you have to do that. You have to be critical. You've got to be critical in the moment. You've got to be critical in advance. If it is something that has been done before by a coach or a player and you gotta you gotta put it in the mind's eye of the viewer that this has happened before and you've got to point out what's happened in the past as potentially prelude or prologue to what you're talking about in a game and some players just won't do it because they feel like they'll be unpopular or they'll hear from that guy and they don't want the text they don't want to be viewed as as you know Stepping on the backs of the player to uplift their broadcasting career when they should know better from their playing days. It's difficult to strike that note and that chord. And 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 there is a question, will Brady do it? I mean, he can't. question is, will he? Then the other one is obviously the nuts and bolts of talking quickly and right. saliently in between snaps. That, that, that's, that, that ain't easy. That takes reps. But I think he'll be fine doing that because he knows more football in the tip of his pinky than most people do in their entire body. And there's not a scenario or a situation or a, a you know, troublesome moment that oh he hasn't God. seen or conquered. Except, so. you know, like the eight-game losing streak. But I don't know how many Fox games will he be calling against one and eight team or something like that. Right. So, long story short, is uh, yesterday, just his personality. I mean, it's there. And you also like hanging with him. Because every time that he was mortal and self-effacing and then cursing and then busting on Barkley and Barkley saying, you know, I like your watch. He's like, I'll just give it to you. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you this one, Chuck. I'll give you this one, Chuck. You know, saying he hits it chunky or as he calls it a little Josh Allen-y is what he said. Uh, You know, I mean, like that's the red ass. That's the funny. That's the personality and and I'll tell you what, we've seen that more from Brady as the post-40-year-old Brady than ever before. He was buttoned up from the minute he left Michigan all the way to the moment that he left New England. Or towards the end of his New England tenure when he was starting to get out there. Remember when he first started getting out there with like his 
his TV 12 system and his own like what yeah. well, like what's he hawking like what's going on now it's everything now he's got everything now he's got his own yeah. you know NFT he's got this he's got that his clothing brand yeah. he, is, he, he is now a, a brand in himself yep. which he never was for the first 15 maybe you know 17 years of his career it kind of started with the Tom versus Time thing. You kind of got a glimpse. Yeah, he's letting you in behind like, the curtain. Okay, this is kind of a cool guy. He's not a robot. He's gonna. I mean, he's it, gonna crush it. It was so yeah, much fun spending it. time with all four of those guys, and you know they played twelve holes, which is smart. Well, smart to not play eighteen. Well, I mean, they, they couldn't. Well, they started. It's so getting late. dark. Yeah, no, but but just smart. They not were to grinding too. Come on, you're hitting someone else's ball. Oh, Josh Allen was playing fast. He was hitting when ready. Josh Allen, which is, by the way, he plays football. Right. Sometimes you'd be like, hey, Josh, like, don't run it again. Don't jam it down someone's throat again. Like, take it, you know, slide, Josh, slide. <laughs> he only knows you one know, speed, that sometimes, Josh it's Sometimes you're on defense, you're trying to take on the Bills. It's just like, a, you know, they, you can't catch your breath. That's the way he plays golf. That was fun. How about him having the his his ball had Brady's combine yeah, photo combine on, photo on like, it. That was awesome. And he's like, yeah, there's, there's a ball yeah. that Brady doesn't have, right? <laughs> Okay. Right, and then I think Brady said, "I've got one that Josh Allen doesn't have. There's a Lombardi on it. Lombardi, uh, come on." He's like, "Josh, have you ever just seen great. one of these?" Just great. It was great. It was a lot of fun watching the uh, broadcast, and and um, and damn it, am I gonna have to like JJ Watt now? Like, you should. Yeah, you so should always should. You always should. He's funny. Well, you know, Chris, he probably had. I know. He always thinks that JJ does stuff that's pre-planned and <laughs> fake and whatever. A little extra, but he was awesome on the broadcast. He's terrific. He was. It was just great. Just great. So well done, and um, you know, we'll we'll do what we've done in the last several matches is come up with like who should be the next four. Although I got a take on 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 that. Um, Bill Hader is joining us on the program. Um, and Mike Trout, Commissioner Trout, pardon me, <laughs> spoke about his role as the commissioner uh, of the league that's as famous as any fantasy league has ever been in Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham. Uh, I, did you see how we, we found out how much the buy-in was? Oh, I know what the buy-in is oh, now. Man, There's I a report on the that. buy-in oh, and who else was in the league. And, and Trout spoke yesterday in Yankee Stadium. And this was not because of the – it was already pre, pre-ordained that he was speaking because he's going to Philly next, oh, which is right. his – Hometown. Right, his right. home area. Yeah. And so, um, long story short, we'll be all over this again. I have a hot take about that. Okay, too. that'll be great. <laughs> and then uh, the top five NFL storylines that I have absolutely talked myself into believing <laughs> – uh, I can't wait for that. Okay. Because there's definitely Because it's the top of June, and we've got 98 days now until the NFL season begins in the top five NFL storylines that I've talked myself into believing over the last several months of this show. Okay. So let's uh, take a break. When we come back, the great Mark Stein to set things up on tonight's NBA Finals Game 1. Do not go anywhere. That's how we're rolling on this Thursday show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here in the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, along with NBC Sports on Peacock and Sirius XM Channel 85, our Odyssey listeners as well. Uh, enjoyed this man's work for so many years uh, with ESPN and the Dallas Morning News and the New York Times. Right now, you can catch all of his work on his must-read Substack page, markstein.substack.com, at the Stein Line himself on Twitter, the NBA Hall of Famer, Mark Stein, here on the Rich Eisen Show, the day the NBA Finals tips off in San Francisco. How are you, Mark? Now that I got my phone on, I'm good. Okay, (laughs) that's good. We need to talk. Uh, It's all good. I'm glad that your phone is on. Um, So what is the overarching storyline you think of this NBA Finals? What is your your bag on this one, Mark? What do you think? I think a lot of people are going to have their eye on Stephen Curry and the whole thing about is he finally going to win his first finals MVP. And if the Warriors win, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario that he doesn't. But, but really, my curiosity getting started is, is it's all on the Boston side because they have no finals experience. And I do think it matters. This stage, it just is different. There is nothing like it. Even doing media day yesterday is... It's just a different world that they've stepped into. And when you combine the the uncertainty about how they're going to react to the stage, the uncertainty about the health of both Robert Williams and Marcus Smart, and then there's the stylistic adjustment of, you know, Golden State just plays like nobody else with all the motion, with all the offensive randomness. So there's a lot to adjust to. And, I really want to see how Boston handles all that because their their defense is the best that Golden State will see this season. But again, there's a learning curve here, and we're going to see how fast they cope with it. So, um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Curry first off because um, of the fact that, you know, Iguodala was an MVP one year, Durant another, and he has yet to, to win one. And that, that leads to the legacy conversation for Curry, what is his legacy now, and what would it be? How would it be affected? Do you think by a championship and an MVP uh, in these NBA Finals? Well, Mark. I'm in the camp that actually says that it's a it's a lot of nonsense and it's a lot of talk show fodder, and it doesn't really matter to his legacy. I don't think his legacy is dependent on a Finals MVP trophy. And I was one of the voters the year that Iguodala won in 2015. I have zero remorse about being one of the seven people who voted for Iguodala in that finals. He absolutely changed the tenor of that series at 2-1 down to a Cleveland team that at that point had lost Kevin Love and lost Kyrie Irving. The Warriors were teetering, and Iguodala moved in the starting lineup, changed the series, and in my mind, fully deserved that finals MVP. And the reason people are so hung up on 2015 is because we didn't know in 2015 that Kevin Durant was going to show up two years later and win the next two finals MVPs, and now Steph doesn't have them. But he is such a revolutionary as a shooter. This would be championship four if the Warriors win. They are dynastic to go to the finals five times in a row and six times in eight years. He's got all the numbers. He's got two regular season MVPs. I am not (laughs) – I, and I consider myself – a pretty devoted NBA historian. I am not going to sit there and circle, oh, my God, no finals MVP. And here's the other thing. He legit is so selfless. And his attitude, his leadership, his the joy that the guy brings to the job is such a big reason Golden State has had the success they've had. He, I am convinced 
he would sign a document right now. He would he would give the Finals MVP to Clay or whoever else it is if it meant another championship. I he wants to win it. Yes, he doesn't like this conversation. I'm sure it bothers him on some level. He'd rather have ring number four than than Finals MVP number one. And then you know you you talk about Hall of Famers on this team and Clay and Steph and Draymond. What about Kerr? Is he is is he a Hall of Fame coach oh, right no now? Question. Right? No question. And I mean he's he's already there. I mean three championships in five years as a coach. Um, you know you in, the, the way the basketball Hall of Fame works, you either get in as a player or a coach, or you know Bill Russell is is in as both. You know, he would, you know, the, all the rings that Kerr won is, is one of the best role players we've ever seen. That's not going to help him on the coaching front. But three championships is an automatic. He is, he is a Hall of Fame layup as a coach. And what does he do to make this all work, do you think, Mark? When you listen to Draymond Green and you hear the buy-in that Kerr has from Draymond Green, that tells you everything you need to know. I mean... I, I always say this. I, I stole this from a former GM, this formula, but I, I love to claim it as my own. When you're coaching in the NBA, the most important thing is your talent. But the second most important thing is buy-in. And if you are a coach and can get buy-in, your X and O acumen doesn't even, you know, that is a distant third. You can always find assistants who are X's and O's mavens to help you fill in those gaps. But, Buy-in is so crucial and just curves the way he relates to players from stars to the eighth, ninth man in the rotation, which is what, you know, Kerr was at various stages of career, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth man. Kerr's ability to relate to all different kinds of players and get that buy-in, there's, just, there's, there's nothing better. And, you know, on the same, by the same token, that's what's made, Ime Udoka's first season in Boston, such a success. He came in there with a very hard edge and very demanding approach for a first-year coach. And look at the buy-in he has from this Celtics team. I mean, they are responding to him better than they did Brad Stevens, and Brad Stevens was a very accomplished coach, and it's made all the difference. So, you know, nothing trumps talent. You have to have you know, in the NBA, you need great players more than more than any other sport because it's only five on five, and one guy can change the equation so much. But the buy-in piece, you just can't overstate it. Mark Stein, the Stein line on Twitter. Check out his must-read sub Substack um, to catch on uh, not just his his thoughts on the finals, but everything going on in the NBA every single day right here on the Rich Eisen Show. You mentioned, you know, Udoka and what uh, he's been able to do as a first-year head coach, and. Brad Stevens going into the front office and seating the stage for Udoka and then making some maneuvers to put this team in position. But there was no position at all once the calendar turned. You know, they, they looked terrible. They, you, you were, we weren't thinking finals. You you're, you're thinking playing tournament game maybe for, for this team. How, when did it all click? You got a good story about when it started to click and why for the Celtics? No, I'm, I'm in line with everybody else who, who is struggling to figure it out. Now the East opened up to some degree because Brooklyn and Philly never reached their, their massive potential. Um, and, you know, Milwaukee in the end didn't have Chris Middleton, and, and that was a factor. But I don't want to take too much away from the Celtics team because, you know what, I, I also, you know, as much as I said at the top how much I believe in, in playoff experience, I do believe in basketball karma too. And the Celtics went all out for number two, and the and the Bucks kind of settled into the three seed. And you know, going for number two meant you were gonna have to play Brooklyn in the first round. And the Celtics faced that challenge, broomed the Nets into the off season really impressively. And you know, they were rewarded. They had Game Seven at home against Milwaukee. That that paid off. And you know, look, you know. It is one of the remarkable stories because we just we never see teams do. I mean, they were twenty five and twenty five, and you know to, to be five hundred at fifty games. You know, the last time a final team was able to do that was way back in nineteen eighty one when the the, the Dell Harris and Moses Malone Rockets were only forty and forty two and made it all the way to the finals. I mean, it, it's been a long time since we've seen a team do this, but the reality is their defense is that good, and the reason. Uh, people like me said, don't even think about breaking up Jason Tatum 
and Jalen Brown. Just don't even think it, even though we talked about it ad nauseum. They are the prototypical wings in today's NBA. They're both super long. They play at both ends. They're the kind that, you know, that's the the 6'8 to 6'10 guy who can play at both ends. That's what everybody in the NBA wants to play the two, the three, and the four. You can play multiple, you know, it's positionless NBA. Do not break those guys up. Give, you know, give them every chance to succeed that you can, and, and Boston has been rewarded for that. Mark Stein here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about what's going on with the other uh, 28 uh, clubs right now. Uh, the Lakers, you on your Substack, terrific reporting about what Darvin Ham was able to um, extract from the Lakers front office in, in a way that Frank Vogel was not and assurances of what he can do to set up shop and make it his own shop. What, what's your reporting on that? Marks yeah, and it's assurances. You know, the, the 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 buzz in coaching circles that that I've heard is that that he's been promised a lot of autonomy to pick his coaching staff, which Frank Vogel was not, and that he was promised that Kurt Rambis, the Lakers senior advisor, is not going to be a regular presence in coaching meetings, and that caused it. It caused a lot of surprise around the league when it emerged that, that Kurt Rambis, basically as a member of the front office, either in person or virtually, was a constant presence in Frank Vogel's coaching meetings. That's just not the way it's done in the NBA. So what I've been told is that Ham has been assured that that's not going to be the case now. But look, the Lakers haven't even announced this hiring. We haven't seen a Darvin Ham press conference yet. And there's going to be skepticism until this actually comes to fruition and we see that Darvin Ham has really secured these things, but it's how it should be. You know, there, there, there shouldn't be a regular front office presence in coaching meetings. That's just, that's, that's not common NBA practice. So look, Darvin Ham is a highly rated, you know, he has a lot of fans in a lot of different cities around this league. And I think he's a pretty confident guy. And I think he's going to go in there, you know, coaching those guys. And, uh, you know, that's, that's easier said than done. That is not an easy team to deal with. But, you know, by, you know it looks like Le- LeBron is on board. And, you know, that's the thing. He's going to have to – Darvin Ham's going to have to coach LeBron and AD and, and, you know, Russell Westbrook if they're adamant about not moving. You know, that's another topic that is greeted with a lot of skepticism. The Lakers are telling anyone who will listen, we are not going to attach first-round picks to trade Russell Westbrook. We're not going to make a bad trade just to move him. Me, personally, I don't see how you bring Russell Westbrook back. I don't see how you can gather the group on the first day of training camp and, and try to preach a fresh start if Russ is still there. But, you know, let, we still we still got three-plus months to go. So let's, let, let's see if Russell Westbrook really is still a Laker come the end of September. Well, LeBron, who you said uh, was on board with Darvin Ham, tweeting out um, a welcome to the team. So, um, you know, the announcement will come at some point. But LeBron has basically said, you heard him say at the end of the season, we just didn't have enough time on the court together. Healthy, the three of them, Russ and and um, and AD and him. So maybe LeBron thinks they should run it back. Or... Or what? I mean, what happened at the trade deadline with nothing happening uh, might have rankled him as well, and that needed some ironing out apparently. So, where, where does the roster stand? Do you think they're never going to say it? But I think the 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 commonly held suspicion around the league is that you know the Lakers' top stars would prefer if there was a Westbrook trade and they were able to move him and they can really try something else. But the reality is. Westbrook, he's, he's, when he opts into his player option for next season, he's going to be making $47 million. And even though that's an expiring contract, that's just a mammoth number. And you can't trade him without taking back long-term salary. There's just, you're not going to get back uh, you know, 40 plus million of expiring for, for Russell Westbrook. So the, there are reasons, there are legit reasons for the Lakers to be hesitant to just trade him any way they can because they don't want to have to put first-round picks into the deal to move him, and they don't want to take back bad contracts that hurt their long-term flexibility further. But my question is going to be, is the, is the best play for them to really just run it back and see if Darvin Ham can reach Russell Westbrook in a way 
that Frank Vogel couldn't, or is it better to just waive him and take the huge financial hit in the name of starting over fresh? Again, the messaging, the whispers coming out of Lakerland at this point is that, no, the Lakers don't want to waive him either. They're going to bring him back. But, you know, that's what you say on June 1st or June 2nd. That's not necessarily how it plays out when we get to the end of September. Did the Lakers knock on the doors of any coaches who are currently under contract elsewhere to try and get them? As a... Not the, the, the indications are not really because you, you couldn't get them without compensation. I mean, first of all, in, you know, we, we've all heard about Doc Rivers and, and Quinn Snyder. I mean, I, I've been reporting about Laker interest in, in Quinn Snyder since March. But, you know, Quinn Snyder is still under contract with Utah, and that situation hasn't been resolved. And you know, there have been some pretty strong rumblings that one of the options that Quinn Snyder is considering is a year off to recharge. So I don't think even if we see Quinn Snyder leave Utah this offseason, I don't know that diving into the Laker chaos is the move he wanted to make right away. And with Doc Rivers, from the moment Daryl Morey said Doc's going to be back, you know, some people were interpreting that as Lakers, if you want Doc Rivers, it's going to cost you draft compensation to get him and the Lakers they have so much work to do on the roster they can't trade a first round pick until 2027 or 2029 Mm. they don't really want to be spending first round picks to get a coach like that's just not a good play so um, you know I I think the interest in Juwan Howard was very serious but Juwan was pretty adamant that you know he does not want to leave Michigan and does not want to walk away from the opportunity to coach two of his sons who are, who are on the Michigan roster. So really, no. And that's why, you know, they actually ended up settling on Darvin Ham faster, I think, than people expected. Mark Stein, a couple minutes left with Mark here on the Rich Eisen Show. Everybody check out his Substack for all of these uh, nuggets and information that we're going to try and pry out in the next couple of minutes. Uh, you, you, you just mentioned Maury and the Sixers. What's, what's his plan for, for Harden and then – uh, then the Nets with Kyrie and Simmons sitting out there and what their future with Durant looks like, please. Well, with with Philly, I mean, you know, hmm. I don't know how you could sign James Harden to a long-term extension anywhere close to the max he's eligible for given where his game is right now. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been saying this, since February, you know, Daryl Morey got his guy in the end, and he made a lot of people who do what I do look stupid because so many of us were saying, you're not going to be able to trade Ben Simmons. There's not a market for Ben Simmons. We haven't seen this guy play from him. Okay, well, he did pull off the Ben Simmons trade, and he, you know, he handled that whole thing. It was really a GM clinic. But the issue is, he got his guy. Did he want the wrong guy? And by all indications, it looks like he did. You know, there was some sentiment within the Sixers organization that they should be trying to get a player like Bradley Beal, who, as a shooter, I think you could argue is a better complementary fit next to Joel Embiid than you know the state of Harden's game. You know, he there there's there's a you know a lot of a lot of basketball people would tell you that. James Harden really needs a rim-rolling center the way he plays now, where he is such, you know, he's, a, he's, he's more of a playmaker than he is an outright elite scorer. And that's not Joel Embiid. You know, Joel Embiid, he needs the ball in his hands too, and he's not a rim-rolling, you know, finish at the, you know, finish alley-oops at the rim center. That's not his game. So, you know, there were questions about the fit as soon as Harden got there, but then, the performance level from Harden is such that, you know, I don't know what Philly's going to do because I, I don't see any trade market for Harden uh, coming off the playoffs that, that he just had. They're going to have to try to convince him to sign an extension at a number that doesn't rob them of long-term flexibility. But, I mean, Philly's got roster challenges that are almost as – as the Lakers in terms of how to make that team better in an East that at least at the top is, is much more competitive than it's been. I mean, there is a lot of firepower now at the top of the East. And then the Nets are going to do what with Kyrie long-term? I, I think you have to bring him back. I mean, they're, you know, 
it's not it's not clear at this point if Kyrie Irving is going to be back. There's been enough kind of hesitancy that's emanated from the Nets to mm. make make people around the league wonder, like, are they really not going to bring him back? But I, you know, again, you you cert, you know Kyrie Irving hasn't played enough to justify a multi year max deal. So I totally understand the sentiment of try to find a deal that you know still max level dollars, but maybe isn't as long term as as Kyrie would like. I mean, he just hasn't been in the lineup enough to justify that. But my instinct is that I, you know, I I would expect him to be back. And then you know, the Simmons question. I mean, we we haven't seen this guy play. It's a, it's we're coming up on a full calendar year. We have not seen this guy play. And so try you know theoretically he should help them tremendously with his defensive skills, his playmaking skills. Um, you know, he should be a, a perfect fit against uh, alongside scores of the Durant, Kyrie Irving level. But you know, how ready is he going to be to play basketball in the fall? I wish I was that smart to be able to tell you. Do you do the predicting business? Do I ask you? Oh, who yeah. wins? Okay, yeah. so who, who wins oh, the yeah. finals? What do you got yeah. for me? What do you got for me? I, I went Warriors in six. Um, I, mm-hmm. I uh, again, I just I they. They're twenty-one and two in twenty-three playoff series under Steve Kerr. They're twenty-one and two in game ones under Steve Kerr. I mean, they the guts of this team is still the same, and they just they have too much winning know-how for me to discount it. The Celtics have the capability of winning this series, and they have the defense to give Golden State a lot of problems. But I just I can't pick against guys who deli- who have delivered on the big stage as often as Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steve Kerr. I just can't do it. Mark, you're you're fantastic. You always make me smarter. I love our chats. Look for my call uh, over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, congrats. Substack, uh, great stuff. Must read. Sub, uh, MarkStein.substack.com. Let's do this again soon. Enjoy the finals. Sounds good, guys. Be good, everybody. Same to you, Mark. Enjoy the finals. That's Mark Stein. Thanks, Mark. Brother. You hear what's the Lakers roster is. You hear what's going on with your Sixers roster. You hear what's going on with the Nets roster. Okay. You look at the Heat and um, you know Riley's going to have to make a move. You know Riley's got to do something. You know Riley wants to do something. You know he's going to figure out on doing something. That is a, that is for sure. Okay. You've got to be just loving where you're sitting right now. <laughs> Game one of the NBA finals. Of the finals you don't have man. like all of this crazy ass oh, roster problems gosh. and cap issues and this and that. How are you going to work this? How are you going to have to get that guy off? You you don't have a first round draft choice to trade until 2027 because you've already traded a whole bunch of them away. And the Celtics are just laughing. Five months ago, it was like, I what know, is this right? going to look like next <laughs> and I guess that's why you got to preach patience with any of these. Yeah situations but man cat bird seat still playing four wins away from the larry ob potentially but what a stout opponent let's go and rich to you had a a thing about the warriors road situation a few minutes ago they've won at least one road game in 24 consecutive playoff series how about them out wow most ever and twenty-one and two in game one. Twenty-one and two in game one. <laughs> That's a good combination. We get up to a one-nothing start, <laughs> and then we get one. We get one in your spot game. too. Yeah, that's how you win game. series, right? Yeah. yeah, that's how you win series and championships. Twenty-one and two in playoff series with Steve Kerr. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hour number two has got Kenny the Jet Smith on these very subject matters as well. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O. O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial uh, on this program. Man, oh man, oh man. What are the Lakers going to do? What are they going to do? They have so much work to do on that roster. But first things first, how about Darvin Ham saying, I've never done this before, but guess what? I'm choosing my staff. Yeah. Rambi and and Kurt Rambis. I don't. I I like hearing, but you hearing that he won't be a regular presence. What is that? Once every every three, four, five days. That's the thing. Jeannie Buss is, does not like the whole con- idea that the Rambuses have way too much power because that means that she doesn't know really what she's doing and she's leaning on two people who should not have much of a say in this whole thing. Yeah, that's a big narrative around town is that the Rambuses are kind of right. kind of running. And, and she pushed back against that in the L.A. Times interview right. that she had for a few weeks ago. But now you're hearing Darvin Ham basically saying, yeah, I've, uh, this is what I've heard, and that ain't happening. And LeBron is into him, and how about, you know... Uh, so LeBron's not getting traded. How about Juwan? Juwan said he, he didn't want to leave Michigan. He wants to coach his kids there. Yeah, I get that. LeBron's got to understand that. Yeah, of course. He wants to play with his kid. That's got to help Juwan in recruiting, too, right? Like, I, I come into young yeah, Rich Eisen's house and go, listen, I passed up coaching LeBron to get you come to Michigan. It's not bad. Pretty good pitch. I'm glad he's staying. Of course you are. Very glad that he's staying. He'll be an NBA coach at some point, I'm guessing. I hope not. (laughs) Well, wouldn't you want the best for him, Rich? Of course I want the best for him, which is winning national championships at his alma mater, the University of Michigan. But after he does that a few times. After he does that, he needs to do it more. Let's say he gets like four or five. Coach Coach K didn't take one. Remember, Izzo was was thinking of uh, coaching Izzo LeBron in Cleveland, and then LeBron cast. and then LeBron went to South Beach. Right, and Tom, Tom's like, "I'm staying in East Lansing." What's this team going to be again? Yeah, I don't know. That's that. That's that's that one. Coach K almost coached Kobe. the Lakers, right? Yeah, almost goes to the Lakers. Coach almost went to the Celtics. I think at one point is that right? Did you see how much he made in his final year? Apparently in Duke, A like lot. fifteen million or something like that. Worth every penny, don't you think? Be nice when he's coming back next year. Oh, he's going out on a sour note. <laughs> Stop you, it. man. Did you see? Now here, here's a good Ooh. one. Here's 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 a, here's a good one for you. Um, do you see the commercial yesterday during the uh, the match? Which one? Brady with Giselle, and he's calling a bunch of people about his, you know, his. Uh, Crypto, crypto stuff, the FTX, right? And yeah. he's calling people up, including some guy in Boston. Oh yeah, and he has him in his phone as trader. Trader. And he <laughs> yeah. looks down. He goes. He goes. Even if you're, he's what do you say? You're coming back. Even if not, I wouldn't take it. He goes, yes, you would. And they goes, all right, I would. Real life. <laughs> would you take Brady back right now? Yeah, of course. Over Mac Jones. Yeah, of Mac course. Jones. You take Brady one more year, and you'd say to Mac Jones, "Sorry." Hey, just wait. Just wait one more year. Just sit a You year. take Tom Brady back one more time. Yeah, of course. And anyone who says no, they're lying. Yeah, 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 for sure. Exactly. <laughs> Good use Thank of you, Mike Williams. Mike Williams, yeah, 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 for Thank sure. Thank you, Mike Williams. Like, give me something to use it with. Right? Yeah, of course. But Mac Jones, <laughs> nice hey, job, great Phil. first year. Hey, I know you're on. I know year. you're on the you're on the MJ10 system. You're yeah, looking you're, great. Thomas, you know, we got it. We got it. We've turned the page. Right. But you've got to stay there for a year. You're going to back, Brady. back up back Tom, yeah, Tom Brady for a year. I know you had a great first rookie year, but we're going to stunt your growth. We're going to stop it. Thanks for keeping the seat warm. You would do that. <laughs> yeah. You legitimately would do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For show. For show. <laughs> Absolutely. You should do that. And if Sully and Fitz said, no, man, F him, they're lying. They're lying. I literally thought that. Like, what, what if the Patriots could get him back for one more year right oh, now? Man, we'd, do, we'd do it in a second. You think? 
Yeah. Bill wouldn't. Bill probably wouldn't. No, he wouldn't, because he's got a, you know. Bill probably wouldn't. It's too big a He's got to do it the aftermath. And all that stuff, but, but I found that commercial very funny. Kenny the Jet Smith coming up next hour. That made me want to think, like, what, would you really do yeah, that? Because that's a very funny line. It's like, we wouldn't take you back even if you wanted to come back. And he says, yeah, you would. And the guy goes, <laughs> yeah, we would. But, but what do you I, want? Just, just. I hate you anyway. Obviously, that's not happening. But don't you just love this Tom Brady? I do. I absolutely love this Tom Brady. It's great. It is great. And it's just like the, that Tom Brady's been there all along, and that's what I'm telling you maybe again. Maybe he hasn't though. Like, he has he been hasn't. there all uh, along. I don't know. Maybe in the early years, I don't think so. It took a while. It took a while. He had to become secure and comfortable with himself and his own legacy yeah. and his place in the game, and maybe with his family. Maybe Giselle was probably like, "You show a little bit of that personality, Tommy." It's great. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love Tom more every day. I know, right? Every day. Tom Brady, Tom Cruise, I love more. Look I love at you all and Tom's. Tom's Who's the third one in? Hanks? Right? I, mean, I always loved him. He was always at number one. Gordon? Tom Gordon, the pitcher? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to come with the Tom's that you would never think of. Your favorite Tom's? Tom Chris Brockman's top five favorite Tom's? Top five Tom's? I'll do that. Selleck? Great stash. First team, I'll stash. You like this, Brady. How can you not? That's why I was wanted to ask you, like, would you take him oh, back for absolutely. the 2022 season? These Patriots, who might not be ready to win it all right now, you would stunt Mac Jones's yeah, growth. Of course. You would stunt it all. You'd stop it cold. Think about it. They got a good run game. The line has been retooled a little bit, but the running game is really good. Okay. Two really good tight ends. Johnu Smith would make the Pro Bowl. He's, and Hunter Henry. Both, right, of both of them would. They would both have 10 touchdowns. Right. Now they have Devontae Parker. Uh, Jacoby Myers coming into his zone. You got an out. Now you got a fast guy. Never had a fast guy. Who, Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, he he wouldn't throw the ball to him. First time you messed up, messed up on a route, it would be all over. See you later. If he's open though, Tom throws to the open. I guy. know he does, but if the guy did go, like stops the route when well, he was open, Devonte you know? Parker like twenty touchdowns, just setting all twenty of touchdowns. Get out of here, you Patriot fans, man. <laughs> Take Brady back at his. Who's calling the plays? Joe Judge? No, Joe let Judge? Tom. Let Tom call let the Tom place. Let Tom call the place. Forget about Tom it. Tom calls his own place. What? Minicamp plays? Minicamp plays. Minicamp plays. Minicamp plays. <laughs> Minicamp plays. What, what plays? Minicamp plays. Yeah, Minicamp plays. Yeah, Minicamp plays. Yeah. Brady's Tom, his own offensive all quarter. Offensive fixed. Corner, Done. Fixed. Who cares? And Joe Judge could just, you know, Go sit there. Go back to special teams. Go have lunch, Joe. <laughs> have yourself a sandwich. <laughs> Go to Shamit's.